Hi, hello, and welcome to the Baldwin Live Podcast, episode number 115. What more fitting than for 15? Let's just get right into it. My guy, Anthony Pike, wow. joining me today. Tony, how are you? Oh, I'm great. What an honor this is. Yeah, it's, what this is what, like the third time you've been on here? Second time. Second? I Second think it's time. I think it's the third time. But either way, um, let's talk about the Bengals. Bengals fall to the San Francisco 49ers in overtime on Sunday. And they do so because of a very controversial decision by Zach Taylor that because he had the hottest quarterback in the NFL, Joe Burrow, that led a comeback starting with a 94-yard drive and led them to uh, a chance to go to overtime and was, what, two for two for 50 yards on the mm-hmm. overtime drive to get them into field goal range. Zach Taylor takes the ball out of the hands of Joe Burrow, Runs it twice, Bengals kick a field goal, San Francisco drives the length of the field, they win the football game. What was your reaction to Zach Taylor doing that? Well, you used the word controversial. I don't think there was anything controversial about it. It was just terrible. Wrong call. It's a terrible call. Uh, it was it was coaching malpractice. It was everything you go against from an offensive play caller when you don't have a feel for what's going on because the – letter of the the law of reading defenses would have said to run the ball more than what the Bengals ran the ball because San Francisco had played two high safeties so much of that game mm-hmm. because they knew they were shorthanded in the secondary and they wanted to try to push the Bengals to want to run the ball because with two high safeties, the numbers game adds up for the run game. Now, San Francisco also knew that their front four were better than the Bengals' front five and it would free up their linebackers. So, if you're just looking from a play standpoint, two high safeties, numbers are great, let's run the ball. You couldn't do that against San Francisco through four quarters, and yet when you have a hot quarterback, when you have a quarterback that put the team on his back in a game they had no business winning, to drive down the field, the fourth down touchdown pass to Jamar Chase, the 95-yard touchdown drive, and then he's seeing things so clearly in overtime. What's even crazier about this, Zach Taylor was a quarterback. Yeah. Zach Taylor knows Big what it's player like of the year quarterback. Yes, he knows what it's like to have that feeling of, you know what? It's like a it's like a basketball player when the the rim just looks huge and everything's going in in the zone. Zach Taylor knows that feeling. And he had a quarterback that was in the zone and he took his quarterback out of the zone and not only by running the ball twice, but then on a meaningful third down left Nick Bosa one-on-one in yeah. in pass protection who gets the sack. So just just a baffling, baffling turn of events when all the momentum was on the Bengals' side. You go right before that, San Francisco missed the field goal at the end of regulation. Right. The Bengals had all the momentum. They were about to throw the knockout punch, and Zach Taylor stepped in and essentially threw the talent. And think about he was basically playing for a field goal. And you have had you have a kicker who missed a field goal yeah. earlier in the game and missed an extra point last week. So that just makes no sense. And in the grand scheme of things, the run game, although it the numbers might suggest, wasn't working all day, and it didn't work at all last week either. That is a problem for this yeah. football team because when they've won football games, they've run the football effectively. It just doesn't make sense to me why that's happened. So during the game, and momentum is something that I believe very strongly in, Okay, and you could feel it in that second half. Mm-hmm. The Bengals had it. The Bengals had an opportunity to win the football game. When I was watching the game, I tweeted out, "Zach Taylor, when you score, go for two." 
I thought it never should have been left to the chance for San Francisco to kick the field goal that Robbie Gold ultimately missed and sent them to overtime. I thought because the momentum was mm-hmm. so strong in favor of the Bengals, because Burrow had done what he had just done through two dots to Jamar Chase to tie the football game, Zach Taylor should have gone for two. What is your stance on that? Because I, I've, I, maybe I'm crazy. I'm a feel guy. It doesn't feel like Zach Taylor has any feel for the game. No, and if you look at just the two-point conversion in the NFL, now if someone were to botch a snap on a field goal and they try to throw it in the end zone, that goes down as a two-point conversion. But – on this season, it's it's almost right down the middle of 50%. Success versus failure rate on two-point conversion. So if I'm the Bengals and I'm playing it the way they did, when I score to go 20-6 to six to 20-12, to 12, that's when I would go for two. Right. Because the numbers then would say, if I get the two-point conversion, a touchdown and a field goal wins. If I don't get the two-point conversion and it's 20-12 – to 12, the numbers, the analytics, say that I have a really good chance of getting a two-point conversion if I score again. Right. So by just the numbers, and so much of the NFL is about that, and Zach Taylor's been about that at times, but then he's not about it in other times, which is crazy to me, 20-6, to six, score, go for two there. That way, if you don't get it, your odds of getting it the next time go way up. And if you do get it, that touchdown – that makes it 20 to 20 now makes it 21 to 20 in favor of the Bengals and who knows how they handle that situation with San Francisco but Robbie Gold misses the field goal and again the Bengals have a chance to win the game but what this all adds up to is another game on this schedule for this team where they had multiple chances to win mm-hmm. and they came up short i i would argue 6 out of their or, uh, 5 out of their 6 losses have been winnable games yeah and, and we'll talk about the expectation standpoint of things in a second but I just we had a caller and you host a show every day three to uh, noon to two on it uh, it's called Cincy three sixty yeah. on ESPN fifteen thirty. You've never heard the show, yeah. And uh, and we had a caller earlier this week say that it's obvious that Zach Taylor does not trust Joe Burrow. I don't know that I agree with that, but how much blame do we put on Joe Burrow? for not changing that call at the line of scrimmage. Well, a lot of the a lot of the play calls against a too high safety look are going to be call it and run it plays. Yeah, but don't you he have to really know have that, that freedom. Now, if it if but they Don't you have to know that you have not run the ball effectively? Yeah, but that I mean that that would be a a quarterback completely just hijacking his offensive coordinator. Like if so? if if San Francisco on that play started to roll one safety down to the box, Joe Burrow would have the ability to check that. But okay. from a quarterback standpoint, you're taught from day one, if they keep two safeties high, numbers in the run game, he's calling it for a reason. And Zach Taylor said, you know, um, we, we've had that play run. We think we can get six to seven yards on that play. Okay, but as we said, you, you haven't had success running the ball yeah. the whole game. I just – I wonder the, – the caller about trusting Joe Burrow to me is interesting because – doesn't it feel like multiple games this year? It's almost like the Bengals are on the border of just being blown out, and then Zach Taylor's like, "Okay, Joe Burrow, go do your thing." Yeah. And next thing you know, the Bengals are right back in it. Yeah. I don't get why they can't start a game like that. Mm-hmm. I can't get why they can't implement that in the second quarter. Well, think about when they have that just a couple weeks ago against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. They started the game like that, and they blew them out. We've seen them do that against the Baltimore Ravens. They blew them out. They've had those chances. I, I don't understand. I just feel like sometimes Zach Taylor gets so stuck in the idea of the dam is eventually going to break. Yeah. And that you 
you can't you don't have the time to wait around for that especially in a situation which right now for the first time this season they are dealing with a ton of injuries yeah to me it just it feels like and it goes back to what you said before it just feels like he doesn't have a feel for the game at times yeah so let me ask you this and and I'm going to talk we're going to talk about we're recording this before our show mm. And uh, we're going to talk about this today. You don't know this. I haven't told you any of this, but this is me doing a little bit of producing, which there's a Twitter thread about. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, that's a big, big it's thread. A big today. deal. Um, top five offensive grades for the Bengals this year: Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, Chris Evans. Yeah, no big deal. Joe Burrow has 14 interceptions. He is the second highest graded by Pro Football Focus quarterback in the NFL behind Tom Brady. Yeah. What does that tell you about his interceptions? Pretty uh, unlucky. A lot of those interceptions are unlucky or perhaps even not his fault. Okay, so the top, the, the, the bottom five players on their offense, Jackson Carmen, Trey Hopkins, Xavier Suofilu, Hakeem Adeniji, and Trey Hill. What mm. do those guys have in common? Yeah, they play the same position. They all play the same positions. That could be so a problem. what does it say about Joe Burrow that he has the second highest graded quarterback grading in the NFL behind five of the worst offensive linemen in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, that is insane. I mean, it, it shows the ceiling of which Joe Burrow can reach to. And, and really, you know, what? what's criminal about what transpired Sunday is say the Bengals and Zach Taylor don't take the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands in overtime, what would be the national narrative on Monday? What would be the national narrative on Sunday? That was the Joe Burrow moment. Yeah, That was the moment Joe Burrow solidified himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Literally put a team on his back. A week after bringing a team back from a 24-point deficit, Joe Burrow puts his team on his back in a playoff-meaning game at home yeah. against the San Francisco 49ers. Because if you look back, it's an afterthought now. The throw to Jamar Chase on fourth down, amazing. Yeah, Three throws on that long touchdown drive to tie the game, one each to Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase, were throws that you can watch – NFL Red Zone on a Sunday and not see three better throws on some Sundays. The one to Jamar Chase that tied the game. Yeah. I think if, let's just say he was throwing that on air, it probably hits the pylon from mm -hmm. 40 yards out. I mean, that was a dot. And then overtime, he has pressure in his face, waits, and finds T. Higgins over the middle for a right. big game. It would have been the Joe Burrow smashing the door down on the National Football League on Monday. Here I am. Had... Zach Taylor kept the ball in his hands. And that's the criminal piece because you read the numbers, you look at the grades. If you take away what happened Sunday and they win that game, the whole national narrative is looking at those same grades you're reading right now and talking about Joe Burrow putting his team on his back in Cincinnati and leading them to a win. And the Bengals being now 8-5 and five and in firm, firm control of not only a playoff berth, but firm control of the AFC North. We're going to circle back to that in a minute because I, there's something going on about the expectations of this team that I, I don't like very much at all. But let, let me ask you this because we've talked about it. It feels like nonstop all season that Zach Taylor does not need to be the play caller for this team. Yes. I, I guess I kind of agree with that now. I, I gave Zach some grace, and I do think he has gotten better through the course of the season. But not having – you cannot be a play caller if you don't have a feel for the Correct. game. Right? And so that's what I think is the problem with Zach now. And, and I'm okay with them moving on. 
But it doesn't seem like he's open to that. It doesn't seem like there's any pressure being put on him from outside sources. I'm not calling out the beat writers here, but I don't see a ton of pressure coming from them or from the media to to really ask him why not. Why are coaches, why is it so hard for head coaches that are play callers, why are they so stubborn to give up those duties? Fear. Fear that this offensive coordinator is going to come in and shine and then if the team were to struggle, that coordinator would then take his job at some point. Especially Zach Taylor being a younger coach. I mean, you're looking over your shoulder at all times. You haven't had a great start to your career in Cincinnati. You've been better this year, but if the offense that you gave up were to start exploding, you would start to to kind of worry and look over your shoulder a little bit as well. I think that's more so the case. But you know, I I, I see. I, just, I feel the opposite because if you do that, then you're praised for that decision. This guy is humble enough to say, "I shouldn't be calling the plays. This guy should be. This guy that I hired on my yeah. staff." But there's a sense of pride to it as well. Of I'm not that. giving up the play calling, and that, I agree. I I don't think that that should be the way. But you know, feel is not something. We, we've joked about Jesse Bates on this show. Yeah. About Jesse Bates, like it's not like, if you're familiar with Space Jam, it's not like the Monstars came down <laughs> and they stole Jesse Bates' power when he yeah. touched a football and now he can't find it back. Offensive court, calling plays at the highest level of football, you either have it or you don't. And and the, the problem is, is that you can't go to training for it. Mm-hmm. Like when the game is on the line, that's your training. And so many times, Zach Taylor has come up on the wrong end of that. He hasn't won a game in the NFL as a head coach when when losing after the third quarter. A but, perfect 0-24. Yeah, guess what? Money's made in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Coaches shine in the fourth quarter. And when coaches shine, go across the NFL, is Matt LaFleur in the fourth quarter going to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands? Only right when now? Kurt Only ben when he's going to kick is, a field goal. Only when Kurt Benkert yeah. is doing the, the is, kneel down. Is Byron Leftwich right now going to take the ball out of Tom Brady's hands when the game's on the line? Is is Andy Reid or Eric Bieniemy? you let your best guys take you to the promised land? It's it's the old saying, like, so if, then how much of if that- I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with my best player. And you know what? If Joe Burrow tried to fit a ball into the end zone on that first down play and it gets tipped and intercepted, are we upset? Yes. But is the, the question going on Zach Taylor right now? No. Right. It's well, Zach Joe Burrow needed to make a better decision, but guess what? Joe Burrow was red hot. That's your guy. He's leading this team. You're going to go down on the ship with your best player with the ball in his hands. How much of it do you think is ego that Zach Taylor doesn't want Joe Burrow to get the shine? I I hope it's not that. You couldn't. If that's, uh, yeah, if that's the case, then we have a serious. Yeah, problem. if that's the case, then there's a bigger problem than than anything else that we have here. Yeah. So, um, but ultimately, here's the thing for me. And I, this is the, the expectation thing I want to talk about because I I was pissed that they lost the game. I want them to do well. I want them to make the playoffs. That's good for everybody. But when I watch that fourth quarter and I see what number nine is doing, I am beyond fired up for what the future of this franchise looks like with him at the helm. Mm-hmm. No matter who the head coach is, I think Joe Burrow is that dude. And – I don't think, and I've talked about this a little bit, I don't think it's right to move the expectations on this team just because they played well at the beginning. They played well against a schedule that wasn't great. They have one win right now against a winning team. Exactly. One. And we talked at length on 1530 about 
Six and a half wins being the win total for this team. They're at seven with four to go. And those who took your advice cashed that ticket. But this team is not all that different than who I thought they would be. But it feels like ultimately people are going to be disappointed by this. But I think it should be the opposite. Yes, the AFC is is wide open. Mm-hmm. And yes, they have a chance at the AFC North. By the way, the Browns are dealing with COVID. Lamar Jackson's hurt and the Steelers suck. So with four games to go, two of those against AFC North teams, the Bengals are not out of it. But I don't think at any by any shape or form that this season should be considered a disappointment. Um, well, the Bengals are the healthiest. The Bengals have the best roster and the Bengals have the best quarterback in the AFC North, hands down. Um, what's happened in this when you pull up the conference standings, there is chaos in the AFC. New England, Tennessee, Kansas City, all with four losses. Uh, you've got a slew of teams, uh, Baltimore and the Chargers with five, and then there's this logjam of, of teams with six losses. My point is, is that this year it hasn't been like the NFC in the AFC where there is three or four clear-cut mm-hmm. alphas. And the rest, you know, you're you're playing to to maybe get a playoff berth. The AFC is wide open, and I contest that your point about Joe Burrow is the reason that I would be disappointed if they didn't make the playoffs. Because not only could they make the playoffs, I could see Joe Burrow winning a playoff game with this Bengals. Oh, team. no question. Like they're dangerous if they yeah. get in. Yeah, and yes. you mentioned, but also we didn't know if he was going to start the year. Correct, because of a knee injury. Like where? Why do we? Why do we have the right to change our expectations so much? I don't like that. Because the Bengals kicked the door down. Right, they they crashed the party a year early. That was the big news story when they beat the Baltimore Ravens and they were the top seed in the AFC. And Drew Brees on Sunday Night Football is saying the Bengals are the best roster in the AFC. What does Drew Brees know? And all of that stuff's happening. <laughs> well, he's got all that hair now, so yeah. he can know this stuff. <laughs> because guys with hair just think clearer. Mm. Um, nice haircut, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, two things can be true. Your point that Joe Burrow at the helm gives this team great expectations, I would I would go further this team has solidified Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Trey Hendrickson, uh, DJ Reader, Sam Hubbard. Thank you. Logan Wilson. All of these people. And what do they all have in common? They'll all be back next year. Mm-hmm. But this is now another and, year of Joe Burrow's rookie contract. Yep. You're you're wasting time on that because Ton you of can't, cap space next you get, year. You got all this cap space at five and two which is what this team jumped out to. At 5-2, and two, going into the New York Jets game, what did this team possess? What an opportunity. Moved to 6-2 and two right before that Browns game, and now all of a sudden they're 7-6. and six. They have lost four of their last six games. They went from the top seed in the AFC to a chance to win the AFC North to a playoff team to now on the outside looking in. And they've done so... With losses like we see to the 49ers, losses to the Chargers like we saw, the Jets, the Browns, a Packers game which was given to them, and the Chicago Bears. I call this a disappointment if this team flounders down the stretch and doesn't make the playoffs because everything was there for them. The AFC was there. The AFC North. Tell me another year where the AFC North will be as wide open as it is right now. Baker Mayfield's been hurt this whole season. The Browns have dealt with countless injuries on their offensive line. Running backs have missed games. They moved on from Odell Beckham. 
the the Ravens are one of the most injured teams in the NFL, most guys on injured reserve, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are in this weird transition year mm-hmm. away from Ben Roethlisberger. It's it's there. You can't count on next year being the year because you don't know what the Ravens will look like next year, and you don't know what the Browns will look like and what the Steelers will look like. The opportunity is there and has been there for the Bengals. They were 7-4 and four coming off a win against Pittsburgh with two huge winnable games at Paul Brown Stadium. Against West Coast teams. Against West Coast teams coming across the country, and they lost both of them and now sit on the outside looking in. It would be an epic collapse if this team doesn't make the playoffs, and that would make this season a disappointment because of where they could have been. Tony, thank you. And that's why the ball don't lie. Is that how you end segments? And that's the way the cookie crumbles. No, just, okay, two things very quickly, and then I'll have you send us to the break. Can you tell everyone the story of what happened with your hair and the woman in the elevator here at our building? Got on the elevator, and a woman looked at me and said, wow, what's going on with your hair? <laughs> and this was a day like I actually didn't have a hat on. Yeah. You know, I get, what I get at the, at the, at the state, if you haven't seen me, what I get is a one and a half on the sides. And I cut a hard part into it, uh-huh. and then I I kind of push the rest to the side and back a little bit. Yeah, and I and I have to and I want to make it known I have told you because yeah. you do this because you go on television. Yeah, I have a TV show. Yeah, and I have told you in the past it's too short on the top. You yeah. need to get it longer on the top. Yeah, because I'm just honest with you. Right, I don't have time to. Right, you no, know, I don't have time for that. You nonsense. live vicariously through my hair. Yes, that is also true. Yes. And so I felt really, really good that someone else was seeing what I had been seeing. So this woman says, oh, no, what are you doing with your hair? Oh, then no, what, what are you doing? Where are you getting your hair cut? And I told her, and she's like, oh, child, no. That's what I got <laughs> on the elevator. Oh, child, no. Were there other people or just you two? Just us two. Okay. Oh, child, no. Wow. <laughs> you need to come see me right away. And she works at a salon that's actually in our building. Yeah. You need to come see me right away. I'm going to take care of the hair. I'm going to straighten up your beard, I'm going to line this up and do this. So she essentially, on a day that I came in feeling pretty good about myself. Let you have it. In the span of six floors, because we're on the sixth floor, <laughs> and from, on, on the span of the lobby to the sixth floor, and she was going to the seventh for whatever reason, she completely crushed me yeah. and my soul. Tore you up. So what did I do? Went and saw her. Yeah. <laughs> I rewarded her. For making fun of me. See what happens when you're honest? And it looks good. Yeah. Are you going to go back? I don't know yet. She's pretty expensive? A little more expensive than what I normally That's pay right. for a haircut. People, and, for, people forget you were an NFL quarterback. And um, I just finished my last uh, TV recording of the year. Mm. Unless the Bearcats win against Alabama, then we'll do a national championship. Right, let's not talk about that. But um, wow. what did So what did your wife think about it, the, the great Mrs. Pike, who is a friend of mine? Uh yeah, big friend. Yeah, uh, they really. You guys, she talks about you all the time. Um, was appreciative of you stopping by the other night. Yeah, to hang out. Okay, we'll get into this uh, too. My wife, um, when I walked in, said your hair looks nice. I was like, thanks. Hmm. All right, so Got we're a gonna big compliment from. We're it. gonna get into this this friend thing here in just a second, but I want you to throw us to the break. Just tell people that they're listening to the Ball Don't Lie podcast. Hi, everyone. Thanks. I'm no, Tony you don't Pike. Have to, you don't have to do You're it like listening that. You to the to Ball do- Don't Lie podcast, hosted by Austin Elmore. We'll be right back. Oh, my God.
Okay, welcome back. Ball Don't Lie podcast. Sorry for that awkward outro. Welcome Tony back no, to the Ball enough. Don't Lie podcast. The Ball Don't Lie Austin podcast Elmore. rolls on next. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's what you do. So right, let's talk about the friendship piece. You know, this is a, <laughs> speaking of this friendship. Is a inside baseball here. Speaking of friendship, this is a huge day because this is the first time in the history of my appearances on the Ball Don't Lie podcast that I've actually made it through a break. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot to talk about here. This yeah. is so you and Mo Egger, who love to just you guys just love to just any, be honest with people, everything yes. I do, I do it wrong. Keep things right down. And the I know that it comes from love. And I know that you guys are just roughing me up and giving me a hard time. I'm glad that you don't do it, you know, as publicly as some people who make Twitter threads. But what I do like is that you guys are are making an effort to be my friend. Yes. And, and you want friendship. And so <laughs> let give, give your side of the story. Well, first what of all. What happened the other night? Well, first of all, Mo and I do a, what's called the Tony and Mo football show on Mondays at Twin yes. Peaks in Florence, y'all. Um, <laughs> and what happens is those that come to Twin Peaks are automatically entered into a drawing <laughs> where before the show, Mo, myself, Producer Mike Mills and someone from the Twin Peaks staff will sit down and no, say... No disrespect to Mike Mills, but he's the engineer. Yeah, yes. He's not the producer. Well, well yes. Have well, some respect for uh, Taryn Bland. Please. Taryn Bland as well, back in the studio. But we'll sit down and we'll pick a table in the restaurant. Yeah. And whoever sits at that table will win a prize. <laughs> and Can you tell people what the prize is? Three shots. <laughs> and they're usually and sometimes not a child-sized yeah. beer. And they're usually not great shots. No, pickle juice and stuff. Austin was called out at one point because Mo Egger and myself have went out of our way to invite Austin to hang out outside of work. Yeah, Austin would continue to make up excuses about having to work or not, getting up early. Not entirely true. Taking selfies, all this stuff no, that Austin would play I took out. One selfie months ago. Uh, all this stuff that Austin would play up, and then finally he oh. came to Twin Peaks and. Lo and behold, I mean, lo and behold, luck would have it. He sat in the in the same table. <laughs> That won the prize both weeks. Yeah, I mean, both the weeks. odds of that, he should be playing the lottery. But so I, have, Mo, so, I have come multiple yeah. times to that show. And then after one show, you went to the Holy Grail and you hung out with Mo, Mo for a UC yes. basketball game when yes. they beat Illinois. Mm-hmm. So Mo was like, you know what? Maybe Austin's not just a work friend because Mo classifies a lot of what goes on here as friends, work friends, or yeah. just acquaintances. Yeah. Someone you see in the hall and you yeah. kind of give the nod to. So you had pushed yourself up a little bit to maybe more than just work friends. Maybe mm. you were a friend. So in the spirit of the holidays yeah, and wanting to take care and, and you know, shower my producer with gifts right. and a good, a good time, a night yeah. on the town, I invited Austin, probably the fourth different time I've invited Austin to come <laughs> hang out okay, I can't at wait my to house. And it just so happened that last weekend was Barstool Sports Rough and Rowdy, uh-huh. where they have 25 boxing matches. 25. It is, it is nonstop laughter. It's funny. It's enjoyable. You can have a few drinks, watch the matches, listen to the commentary. And I sent Austin a text, and Austin said, wow, I appreciate it. And then I sent Austin my address. Fight start between 7.30 and 8. Come on over whenever you want. I had ordered pizza. Oh, I, I had didn't drinks. know that. I had already pre-ordered a whole night thinking Austin <laughs> would be there. 
small crowd, four or five of us just hanging out <sighs> in the basement, in the man cave. And I get a text from Austin. Hey, not going to be able to make it. I usually go to bed around 8 o'clock. 8, 8.30. I've lost. And I, I've lost all respect. Okay. We are now... We are now no more than just work acquaintances. Okay, so let me let me clear a couple of things up here. What so yes, what did I say there that what, was a lie? What is true is that you have invited me several times yeah. to come to your house. Yes. What you failed to leave out about the first four or five times is that you never actually invited me. You never sent me your address. Mm. You never told me when to come. So that's why this past occurrence was yes. different because you did say you can come over. Here's my address. Yeah. And I replied to that said, "Wow, it finally happened." Yeah. Because you so had actually listening. you had actually sent me the address. And I thought about it cuz I was like, "Okay, I might want to go hang out, you know, all, you know it's going to be a good time." But there are things going on here right now at this place that we work that require me mm. to wake up at 4 o'clock every mm. morning, 6 days a week. If you listen and to so, if you and listen if you to listen, 360 at all, you know that Austin does find a way to get that in. <laughs> yeah, if you show. have your bingo card, we put that but, in. But wait a second. So, so but but if, so, if if you were to respond to a text, "Wow, it finally happened," I would assume that that's more so yes, I'm coming right. than no, I'm not coming. Right. And so that is a failure on my part to say I wasn't thinking my about it. My wife made a charcuterie board. I was, that's not true. <laughs> that is not true. Called and ahead, so, we went and got you wine coolers because true. you said you want wine coolers. <laughs> So that we had, is not true. We had a charcuterie board and no. we had wine coolers no. ready for you. <laughs> That's completely false. But uh, so yeah, so I, I in order to you know keep my mental health sustained and my physical health sustained, I have made it a point to go to sleep very early. Mm. So I usually you know hit the Z quill about eight o'clock and I'm gone by eight thirty. So had and you live about half an hour away from me, so I would have had you know by the time I got up there, and come you said back, I in, would have fallen asleep. You said you're in walking distance to the Centa Center. Yes, I live fifteen minutes away from the Centa <laughs> Center. No chance. In yes, hell, I do because I was sitting at my apartment, typed in your address wow. that you sent me. It said twenty five minutes. Wow. So you just lied to your listeners. You said thirty. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. So you so you didn't come because it was too far. Or you didn't come because you didn't want to hang out, or you because you had an early bedtime. Early? Granted, this is a Friday night. Yes, and I have to get up at five o'clock, four o'clock oh, on Saturday. Oh, the time's changing. <laughs> the show starts at five. My my my. Now how the tables have turned. Thank you. Anyways, so yeah, it was a Friday night, and and no, I didn't. And also, this is something I haven't told you. This is I'm going to be admitting this right oh, now. <sighs> I don't think rough and rowdy is that funny. Wow. I really don't. Wow. Now that wow, being said, wow. I've never watched a full broadcast. There you go. I've watched a little bit of the stuff, but I've never thought that it's It's the twenty dollars is worth Big Cat singing the national anthem. Well that I've seen and that is probably true. It's fantastic. Okay. Wow. All right. Well Would you say that this is the best segment? In ball don't lie history, you've no, had 115 I, of these episodes. No, I wouldn't say that, but I would. I feel like when we get done here, you're gonna like ask me, "Can we just use this for the show?" I feel like that's probably a thought that you may have had. Yeah, maybe something to think about because we've already done 30 minutes here. But, um, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to get off your chest? No, I just you know I just hope at one point. I would like to be invited again. The problem is, I'm probably doing this until February, into mm-hmm. February. Wow. Yeah, I usually cut off. I have like two days. I usually off. cut off parties at the house. I have like two days off between now and the fourth of January. July. Yeah, usually cut off things then. Okay, all right. 
Fair enough. But you know, maybe we'll see when the weather turns. And yeah, and my birthday's in March. Oh, really? Maybe what we'll day? have a birthday party, March tenth. March tenth. Yeah. Okay. That's good. You're writing that down. Yeah. That's three slash ten slash twenty two. Okay. Yeah. Um. That's so great. I I usually end these podcasts. And I know you know this. I know you're a big time listener. Are you? This is this the end of the podcast? Yeah. Or do you this, have another segment? No. This is going to be the end of the podcast. Wow. We, we I did was, it in two segments. I did Remember a whole when, show. Yeah, remember when you took us out a minute ago? Yeah. We paused and yeah. then we continued to talk. Correct, correct. So that's I don't know if you're I don't know if you know anything about I don't know if you know anything about this business, but that's when we put the commercial in. I didn't know if you were coming back with a third segment today. No, absolutely not. And so at the end of my show, I kind of have a saying. Mm. Do you want to take us out? Because I know yeah, that I was going to I was going to say maybe if you want to add a third commercial, Tony Pike's quarterback training. Maybe could sponsor a third commercial. Okay, so I've already done enough for you in terms of your social media. You can follow him at Tony Pike. Under, Tony no. underscore Pike Tony 15. Underscore Pike Tony 15. Pike at... I will say this. Since Austin is... Tony underscore Pike 15. Since Austin has come on board um, and taken over for Jimmy Sandy, who was fantastic. <laughs> uh, since he's taken over for Jimmy Sandy, my Twitter followers have, have just gone through the roof. Have, have we gotten to 11,000 yet? Yes. TP11K. TP11K. Um, I'm working on trying to get verified. On Twitter, that would be big. We're working on taking Cincy 360 to the moon. That's what people are saying. Uh, that may take a hit in the next few weeks wow, because we're moving. 11k. Yeah, we're moving to a different studio, so no one really knows how that. Oddly enough, I picked up a lot of Xavier uh, followers on Saturday. So 11k, and when I started, I think you were at yeah. 72, 7300. Pick, picked up a lot of Xavier followers Saturday. Most of them are not nice. No, at least for no. now on Twitter, they uh, they have let me know about Xavier beating. Cincinnati and me wearing a Bobby Brandon jersey to the game. It was Yancey Gates. Quit lying to people. Mm. Um, so, again, I have a, a way I get out of the podcast. Wait, can I so say do one you more know thing? what that is? Can I say one more thing? Are you trying to listen to it on your no. phone can right I now? Say, can I say one more thing? Yeah. Um, so, I was a, a, a dad of a quarterback that I trained uh-huh. had given me tickets to the Xavier UC game this wow. year. And I took my brother and his wife and my wife. And I wore a, a Yancey Gates jersey. Yeah. And before the game, like, people are laughing about it. It's all fun and games. I actually went – Xavier does, like, this pregame talk. Uh, Brad Redford was in there. I actually walked in, and they were, like, laughing about me wearing the Yancey Gates jersey. So it wasn't, like, a hated thing. Okay. The 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 dad of the quarterback I train, I'm training him this week, and he was like, so our uncle um, sits behind our season tickets – and said he wanted to knock out the guy wearing the Yancey Gates jersey. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Were you being – Which is crazy because I was, only, I was only able to be obnoxious for like two minutes of the game. Right. And then it was over. So in that two minutes, I had stood up enough that that guy wanted to knock me out. How many Bearcat basketball games have you gone to? Um, one, if you count what's coming up this Saturday against Texas Southern. Okay, that doesn't count. Okay, so none yet. Well, you went to the Crosstown shootout, but you haven't been to Fifth Third. Haven't been to Fifth Third yet. Okay. I'll be checking that out. But you've been off. to Centaur Center twice. Yes, one for a UC game and one to watch Ohio State and Xavier okay. in hopes that somehow a college game could have ended in a tie. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, all right. Do you know how the show ends? This has been the Ball Don't Lie podcast with Austin Elmore and Tony Pike. No, that's not no, how it ends. No. So you've never listened to the end of the show? I don't show. listen to the end, no. Okay. I don't, All right, I, so what I normally I do is is there's some music, 
And so I'm I'm editing it in a different Pump it up. I'm ef- I'm editing it in a different way today. So nobody can hear the music at the moment. Pump it up. You and I can't hear the music. Yeah. The listeners might hear it by now. Can you give me a little Either way? Can you give me a little hint of what it is? It's uh I yeah, can't remember the name it of this. It's not that. I got to pump it um, up. but I always say remember ball don't lie. Doesn't. And as always, have fun, be safe, go bucks. Oh, well, no. Can you say that for no, us? No, 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 no. Listen, you know, every time someone misses a free throw and I think it was a bad, I yell out. I mean, I yelled at the Centos Center, ball don't lie numerous times. Facts. Because Xavier missed free throws. Um, but no, I will not end the show like that. Okay. Either way, I also think it's funny that you actually let me do two segments on a show finally. Yeah. And at no point did you bring up UC being in the college football playoff while your lowly bucks are squandering away in some mayonnaise bowl i have been <laughs> i have been talking to a lot of people recently and they all come up to me and they're very concerned about your health they want to know why is tony so obsessed with ohio state the answer i don't know um and the also we have time between now and the bearcat game um and wow, you probably come back on and another you probably wow. won't won't want to come back on to talk about that but either way i just wanted you to know this has been austin elmore and the ball don't lie podcast as always have fun and be safe go bearcats that's not how it goes ball don't lie have fun be safe go bucks